Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today, we have the incredible Amy Bilquist of USA Swimming Olympic hopeful for the 2020 games. Amy was such an incredible conversation. I know I overuse that word, but I can't think of any other words and the thesaurus just doesn't do it justice. She was so much fun to talk to. She almost made it in the 2016 games. Uh, that's an awesome, well, heartbreaking, but great story as she, she even puts it. It was very, very useful um, to her career. She crushed it at Cal when she was there, multi-time national champion at the um, NCAA level. So please, please, please enjoy this episode with Amy because it is super insightful on what she's doing now and what she wants to do in the future and how she's really helping um, just little girls and boys of, of every nature in any way, shape, or form. So she was so much fun to talk to. So without further ado, here is Amy. All right. Today's special guest, Amy Bilquist of USA Swimming Olympic hopeful for the 2020 Games in Tokyo, born August 11th, 1997 from, oh no, oh no, I'm going to mispronounce it, Carmel. Yeah, oh, cool. Carmel. Okay, we got it. <laughs> Carmel, Indiana. Started swimming competitively at the age of four, member of the 2014 U.S. Junior Pan Pack team, where she won gold in the 50 free, the 100 back, and there's another medal in there. I didn't even ask. What was the third medal that time? Um, I was on a bunch of relays. So okay. Random relay, relay team where she got some medals. Yeah. Love it. Uh, 2016 U.S. Olympic trials and got third in the 100 back, which means she missed the Olympic team by one spot, if I'm not mistaken. Eight one-hundredths of a second. Eight yeah. one. Oh, I'm going to write that down. Point zero eight. Oh, my goodness. Um, attended the University of Cal Berkeley, where she was a five-time national champion and an NCAA record holder and currently resides in Scottsdale, beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, to train <laughs> for the 2020 Games. Amy, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I promise you're going to be the Olympian and I'm just going to be the guy continuing to ask people questions. So the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess let's let's hop back to Indiana for a second. So you went from Indiana to Arizona back to Indiana. So I'm kind of curious, um, what was it like growing up and being in a pool since the age of two? Yeah, so when I I'm bounced around the Midwest a lot growing up. My dad's in warehouse management, so he just got moved around a lot. And um, when I was like two and a half, almost three, we moved to Arizona and we got this like house that had a pool in the backyard. And my mom's like, oh my goodness, like my daughter needs to be water safe because I have an older brother and older sister by quite a few years, nine and eight years. So they were like totally fine and independent and could swim. And I was just this like little kid with no fence around a pool. So I learned how to swim and it's hot in Arizona all the time. So my mom would just bring me in the pool with her and she just seriously like hold me and bounce me in the pool. And she's like, you would have the biggest smile on your face when I was doing that. And every day it was like, that's just what you were looking forward to. And I, I wish I could remember that. Like, I'm sure she's telling the truth. And then I guess, you know, summer teams come around and at four, I was like, come on, like, I really want to do it. So I did it and I was like, okay. And then by the age I was six, I was like pretty good. I was swimming up the age category and everyone's like, this girl can't be eight or whatever. And I was like, no, she's six. Ha ha ha. But I, I'm a pretty tall girl. So I think I looked like older. Um, so that was always pretty fun. And then kept swimming, um, stuck to it. Definitely when I, in my youth, I was a little, um, I don't know. I was a little like ornery about swimming. Like I would really, really love it. And then it would get hard. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And I'd quit. And my parents were like, come on, like, you're not quitting. And I was like, no, like mom, dad, I want to be a gymnast. And they were like, girl, like you're supposed to be six, three, you're not going to be a gymnast. Like, stop it. 
And I, I was dead set on it. I was like, no, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> and three months I quit swimming and did gymnastics and was probably the most embarrassing three months of my entire life. And I was like, I can't do this. And I went back to swimming and I'm kind of stuck with it ever since. And I'm so glad I also played volleyball and swimming growing up. So I did both until I was 16 and that's when we got moved to Indiana. And so I went out there um, long story short, it was a crazy move. My dad was out there a couple months before my mom and myself and my brother and sister are like living on their own now, um, at this time. So, um, my dad's out there, but he's like working night shifts and it's weird. And my mom had just had like crazy, like surgery before where she had like a tumor in her neck and they didn't tell me it was crazy. I was at a swim meet and I come back and my mom's sitting in this chair and I'm like, she's not turning around. And she's like talking to me and she sounds kind of funny. I was like, mom, like what, hello, what's up? And my dad was like prepping me in the car. He's like, Hey, your mom's like a little, like a little weird right now. She's a little sensitive. And I'm like, what is happening? Like what the heck? And she turns around and like half her face is paralyzed. And I was like, what happened? So apparently during the tumor surgery, something went wrong with the nerves and caused half her face to like paralyze. And so she had to stay in Arizona for a couple months to rehab and like try to get all that ability back. So when I was out in Indiana for the first couple months, I was just kind of by myself and I moved out on my sweet 16, which was absolutely like Happy not birthday, what you picture. <laughs> yeah. Sitting on a plane by myself. Oh, I was like, the, I sat in the window and like looked out dramatically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a music video I, if I haven't seen her. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was honestly like kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, it's funny to look back on, but I'm sure at oh, the time, like that is just crazy. I mean, your poor mom, I hope, I hope she's doing okay now. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Like totally okay, cool, everything cool. by a miracle, everything is like That's awesome. function and happy, happy awesome. to hear it. Um, and your dad, yeah, that just sounds like a, just a crazy period of time. I mean, you're a teenage girl. I mean, yeah. I remember like freshman, sophomore year of high school is just the weirdest possible time oh, it's the worst life so throw in the fact that your poor mom has surgery your dad isn't even home and you have to move I don't know half across the country whatever we want to call that uh to somewhere you've never been before I mean that mm -hmm. that's awesome good for yeah, you, you it made was, it through, man I mean it, that sounds yeah. pretty difficult so you made it through congratulations I guess thanks yeah it was it was interesting I would go home and I was like well all I know how to make is spaghetti so <laughs> just hey. like spaghetti every single night but um yeah I mean looking like in the moment, you know, as a 16 year old girl, you're just like, Oh, my life's over all this stuff. But like looking back, I think it was the absolute best thing that could have happened to me as a person, a student and an athlete. So I'm just like so grateful for um, that time in Indiana and then spent two years there. It was an intense two years. I went from like Arizona swimming, which was like pretty good. Like a lot of people swam and then Indiana swimming. Ooh, that is a different ball game. They take it so seriously out there. I was like, this is crazy. I walked in and I came from a club team that maybe had 250 people like total, which is a pretty small team. And Carmel, Indiana is like the hub of swimming in Indiana. And their senior group was like 50 kids who are just like awesome and like really fast. And then I walked in and I was like looking at all the trophies on the wall and I asked and they're like, yeah, we won 27 state championships at, in a row. And I was like, Oh my gosh. They're like, yeah, we have the like longest running national streak. And I'm like, this isn't like, where am I? <laughs> and I remember Chris Plum was, was the head coach at the time. And we were, we definitely butted heads at the beginning because I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is crazy. Like the sets that they were making us do. And I, I just didn't have the confidence in myself to do it at the time. And Chris was 
awesome. Like I couldn't have asked for a better mentor and coach at that time. And Ian Murray as well, the assistant or the associate head coach at the time. And Chris just like really taught me how to believe in myself. I really had lost that. Um, and like when you're like growing up as a girl, you just kind of lose it. I was like a tall, lanky girl. A lot of people made fun of me and I was just like not confident. And then, you know, as the confidence started building in my training, I started performing better and um, did awesome uh, my junior year at Carmel. And then senior year, got a little injured in high school. It was kind of the beginning of a long series of injuries with my stress fractures. I get them um, both legs on my lower inner tibia. And I remember I was feeling it so bad after I came back from short course worlds in 2014. And I had to go to the junior national um, camp and at the Olympic training center in Colorado. And we climbed the incline. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that climb. It's like literally terrible. It's just like straight stairs up a mountain, just like forever. It feels like. And I was like, Oh, one, I'm just far better in the water than I am on land. And two, I was like in excruciating pain. And I was like, coach, like Chris got to go and he just runs up there. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I'm like, definitely middle of the pack, just walking it with a lot of the people. And, um, I get up there, I'm like, Chris, like, I have, like, no feeling in my legs. Like, no, like, I can't feel it. And then I, we went back from the Olympic Training Center. I got x-ray, and I had three different stress fractures in my leg, and one was almost completely through to a full break. And then I just kind of was, like, the beginning of me learning how to adapt a different training style and um, starting to feel the warning signs because I, I keep getting them, unfortunately. It's just how – um, it's just mm-hmm. how often my body breaks down and we train so hard being swimmers. And so it just kind of opened my eyes to like a different form of training and definitely listening to my body, which I had never really done before. I was just like, ah, I'm kind of sore, whatever. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, is that real sore? Is that like, I'm breaking a bone sore? Oh no. So, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Right. It was just like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That to say the least, I mean, again, moving that first part, just moving across the country and going to somewhere new. So, so I want to go back to the beginning of that. I want to get to, to all of it at some point, but how, um, was, was there ever any doubt in your mind that you wouldn't make the team again, like coming from a decent place in the country for swimming and then going to somewhere as you called the hub. I mean, you eventually then that year, it sounds like went to the Olympic training center. So you were clearly on someone's radar. But um, yeah. was there ever any doubt in your team, obviously, with low confidence, as you said, like, what, what were some of the feelings? And did that thought of quitting come back up? Oh, yeah, I remember, like, it, it was definitely like the most prevalent right when I moved there. And I just remember getting like, absolutely pounded with sets. And I would just on my way home, stop at the grocery store, get an ice bag, go home, take an ice bath, like every day. And I was just like, I don't know how these like, are these people just like, have they been trained like this their entire lives? Like, I don't know how they do it. And, um, and then I just kind of bottled it up. And then one day at practice, like Chris had said something to me and I just turned around, <laughs> like just tears were coming down my face. It's like, Oh my goodness. And then we finally just kind of like sat there and had a heart to heart. He's like, you know, like you're super talented. You like work hard, all this stuff. You just like, you have to believe in yourself. Like I believe in you so much, but that's not going to take you anywhere. Like you will never get anywhere until you start believing in yourself. And I think that was the moment where I was like, well, you know what? Like I need to walk on deck with more confidence. I need to really like realize what my goal is here. Like I want to be an Olympian and I need to start having that mindset that I can be because what, what am I going to 
like how are you going to become an Olympian every day if you walk in and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not mm-hmm. the best. Like I, I don't feel like I can do that today. Like that you're never going to be even close. Like you don't even give yourself a chance at that time. So I think that was kind of the turning point and like learning um, mm-hmm. more about myself and gaining that confidence and being able to like go to that next level. Like I was good, but to be able to go to that next level, I think the confidence was really the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out Chris. Thank you for all he did. Yeah. Uh, sounds like he's pretty important in this whole journey. Um, and yeah, mindset is everything. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is uh, be careful what you say to yourself because you're always listening. Um, you know, it's like a very, it's like a weird thing when you think about it, but in real reality, if you just tell yourself negative things over and over again, it, the outcome's going to become more negative uh, because that's what you're putting out into the universe. The more positive you think and the more, not even upbeat, but just um, not even realistic either. Just the more positive and the more confidence, as you said, you have going into something, there is a better chance a good thing will happen, right? Um, you know, so right. I think that that's pretty important. Do you do anything specifically or did you do anything specifically when it comes to the mental side? Do you have a, a mental coach, a mentor? Or a, do you use Headspace? Like, do you do anything like that to make sure that you're always reminding yourself of, uh, you know, staying, because it's very easy to fall into a negative spiral. I do it all the right. time. And I'm sure you have as well. Like, is there anything that you do to make sure you stay, stay far out of that? I would have um, like sticky notes, like randomly around my room or in my bathroom with like goal times on them. And just kind of like waking up, brushing your teeth. I mean, like, I don't want to go to practice. Like it's super early and there's like 10 inches of snow on the ground. Like no way. And then like seeing that goal time is like, is that like, is this attitude and like me not going going to get me closer? And it's like, no, that's, that's not what's going to happen. So I think for me, like the goal times and like my goals help me switch around more than like, like quotes definitely help. But I think like actually having like a concrete time, I'm like, well, this is what I need to do to get to that time. Like I need to wake up, I need to go to practice and I need to have a good attitude about it. That makes sense. No, I love it. And that's a hundred percent. Um, that's a hundred percent true. It doesn't really get much better. Um, than that. Yeah. I'm, I, I put sticky notes mostly in my office. Cause I think my girlfriend would get angry if there was just sticky notes all over the bathroom mirror. Cause she likes to use that. But, um, no, hundred percent. I'm, I'm totally the same way. And just kind of constantly reminding yourself what you're doing and why you're doing it. I have like 14 reminders throughout the day that come up on my phone. It's just like, Nope, you're fine. Keep going. Everything's going to be awesome, cool. Yeah. I think that that's really important. Um, and I like that. So then you, so again, though, so you, you went to Carmel, which was a huge, huge place, but so were you being recruited? I don't know what the exact word is by team USA back when you were in Arizona, or did you like pop off when you finally moved to Indiana and like you were surrounded by upper echelon talent and everyone's like, Oh no, she, she really is that good. It wasn't just that she was, um, you know, in a lesser division. I'm throwing air quotes. So everyone listening. Yeah. Um, I definitely think in Arizona, like I was, I was good in Arizona like mm-hmm. I was like one of the best swimmers there but again Arizona swimming just wasn't that big yeah, at the exactly. time so I think when I moved to Indiana I did pop off like I dropped a ton of time all this stuff and I definitely got more recognition there and that's when I started making the junior national team and the national team and to do that you have to be the top six in your event so uh junior national team is top six in your event 18 and under national teams just top six in the event so um, that's when I, I definitely started making those teams in Indiana and that's how you get more, like more and more involved in USA mm-hmm. swimming in those camps. And all that. What was, what was the first time, like, what was that first phone call like, or email? I mean, I don't know, it was 2014 or 2013. So was it like a Facebook yeah. message at that point? I don't know what was big back then, but what, um, like, what was that first interaction like saying like, Hey, Amy, you made it. Yeah. So, um, in 20, the summer of 2014 was uh, junior nationals long course. And that meet is where 
you were like selected for different teams. So that's how I made junior pan packs. But before that, I had never made a junior national team, all that stuff. And I went to that meet and like Chris and I were just so confident in what I could do there. And I ended up triple crowning. So I won the 50 free, 100 free and 100 back, which was super awesome. And I ended up making the national team in all three, or junior national team in all three of those events. And so they gave you like a paper once you made like junior pan packs and like congratulations like you're going to hawaii so like that was awesome i just remember like that night i was like mom i'm buying a bikini online and like you can't tell me i can't you know i was just like so excited Uh like fine like get a bikini like what is that twenty dollars like congratulations But yeah, can't think I of anything not. else. Just just a bikini. That's all I can think of. Wow, that's funny. It's like I'm gonna get a cute suit for pictures there. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was really fun. And I mean, uh-huh. it was just like giving like like my coaches and my teammates hugs after those wins. It was just like such a validation of like working hard. And it's like you don't get there by yourself. Like I was like looking at Chris, and I was like, oh my gosh, because like there was no way I could have even gotten that meet and done half as well if I did, if he wasn't there every day telling me like, you can do this. Like you're going to be great. Believe in yourself. And so I think that moment was not even just a win for me. Like it was a win for him. And it, it was awesome. Cause when I went to junior pan packs in Hawaii, he was on the coaching staff and like, that was so fun. And then when I got selected to go to short course worlds in Doha, he got selected to be a coach. And it was just like awesome that we could, we did those journeys together. And he was just always there reminding me, of like be confident in yourself you've got this and a lot of swimmers like don't get the chance to have their coaches go like they're they're not selected so I was just really really lucky and like felt great about that so it was just kind of like a win for both of us when we got mm. it we just kind of were like moving up the ladder together and that was that was just such a surreal experience that is super cool that you got that you had someone to share it with was uh, did any of your teammates um in Arizona or Indiana able to qualify for either of those teams uh-huh. or just the junior nationals general um not not Arizona but um my teammate Claire Adams she's a year younger than me she swims on Texas now um she's a senior uh she went to junior pan packs with me so that meet was so fun with her and Chris and we were just like goofing around the whole time and like Claire's an awesome person she just like just made it more comfortable when you were like with more people you were with you you know so I it was, me, it was just way more fun. And, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know really anyone going into short course worlds and like that was super intimidating. I was like, I don't really know anyone, but, um, it ended up that like two of my future Cal teammates were there and I ended up the relay. I swam at finals. Um, and we got a silver medal in the four by 50 short course meter freestyle relay it was awesome because it was myself, Abby Weitzel, Madison Kennedy and Natalie Coughlin. So we were all bears at one point or another which mm-hmm. was so fun and like we didn't know it then like like it, it but it was just so fun and then Kathleen Baker was there so like I got close to girls that I um went to school with eventually and that was awesome and then getting like I will never ever ever forget the first time I got drug tested at that or the only time I got drug tested at that meet was like the last night we were like rushing out of there to catch a red eye flight and I was like I like I can't go to the bathroom. Like I, like I have no liquid in me and Natalie Coughlin's in the room because we were getting tested at the relay. She's like, you have to go. And I'm like, Natalie, like I can't. So she gives me a water bottle and then pours like, like one of those instant coffee packets into it, but it's supposed to be like warm. And this is just room temperature. And I like absolutely despise 
coffee. Like mm-hmm. I, do, I don't drink it. And I just remember this sitting there like chugging this. I'm like, if Natalie says so, you know, <laughs> like if Natalie Coughlin tells you to chug it, you're going <laughs> to chug, chug it. Chug it. <laughs> you're going to chug it. Like I'm a 16 year old. I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh. And, um, but it was so, I mean, it helped. It worked. She knows all the tricks. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was just so fun. And um, I was super timid going into it, but I ended up having like the absolute best time. Met some of the most amazing people. Like never thought you would just be having dinner with like the all-stars of Team USA. Mm-hmm. Like just a measly like 16 year old and like in the Middle East. Like it was just super, super fun. And like, I think that was probably one of the best uh, times I've ever had at a swim meet. So. That is super cool. I like, that's a good story. That's one of the best <laughs> yeah. I've ever gotten. That is fantastic. <laughs> Natalie Coughlin knows what to do. Just listen to her. You know, I agree. Yeah. She tells you to do something. She has the best just, advice. Just listen, man. I, she's done it once <laughs> or twice before, I'm sure. So just keep rocking and rolling with that. So so then, so you crushed it at the 2014 Junior Pampax in Hawaii, by the way. And I'm, I'm sure your yeah. suit was adorable. So that also <laughs> helps. Um, a couple gold medals, hundred or the 50 free and the 100 back there. What happened to the 100 free? What happened? Yeah total mental game mm-hmm. like I had no shot because it was all in my head I remember there's this girl Shana Jack from Australia and like she was like the other sprinter there and um I was just like oh my god like that and I just kind of like honestly got up to the blocks and like was too in my head to even like mm-hmm. give myself a shot and I, I definitely learned from that experience like crazy and was able to like rebound the rest of the meet but I think that was like the biggest like blessing in disguise, like I was so, so upset, but it also taught me like, you, you like have to believe in yourself or like you, there's no reason even standing up on the blocks. Like, why are you going to get on the blocks if you, you don't even think you have a shot type of thing? And going back, I'm probably like most definitely would have had a shot. Like if I would have won the best time, I would have won. But um, it, yeah, I mean, it sucked at the time, but it, like long story or like long perspective now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's cool. Like it, she's doing amazing things. Like I, I did, like I was valid in being intimidated by her. She's an awesome swimmer, but at the same time, like I need to like feel like people need to be intimidated by me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you just have to like have that confidence. And I think I was 16, I was still learning and that was a, that was a good opportunity to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And it's awesome that you have that awareness. Like immediately you're just like, I was in my head. It's like, Oh shoot. Okay. All right. That stinks. But hey, it happens. Like at least you knew at 16, you knew. Um, and now, you know what, you're 20, Oh, 22 21. and a, yeah, 22 and a, like yeah. a month, month and change, man. Good for you. Happy birthday almost. Um, so that is, that's awesome. And then short worlds, correct? Yes. What, short course what, worlds, yeah. Short course worlds. I'm assuming that means the pool's a little bit smaller. Yeah. So instead of 50 Got meters, it. it's 25 meters. Okay. So what, what, yeah. and that's where you had fun with a lot of the, so this was, this wasn't even junior. This was national team. Senior. It sounds like. Senior. Oh yeah. 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 This okay. was, yeah, this was t- December of 2014, but it was definitely like I was the second to youngest person on the okay. team. Okay. And so. so, but that was essentially, that was the national team. So what, like, mm-hmm. how much different did that feel like juniors versus like seniors? And like, again, what was that first conversation? Like, like, oh, you made the team. It's like, awesome. I made the junior team. No, you're one of the best in the world at this. Here you go. Like here's yeah. 16 year old Amy, figure it out. Like, what was that like? Yeah. How did you deal with that? Or were you just so crazy. naive? It was just, oh, okay, I'll go. Um, it was a little like half and half. Um, I just remember like, um, and you just like got a random email one day and it was like, congratulations, you've been selected for a short course world. It's like, 
like RSVP here uh-huh. and like you RSVP and you gave all like your clothing sizes. And I remember like, I didn't like RSVP right away. I like went into practice the next day and I was like, Chris, like what? how did I get selected? He's like, that's so awesome. Like you're going, you're going. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I swimming there? Like what, what did I get picked in? And I ended up getting originally picked in the hundred back and therefore I could swim the 50 back. That's how the, the meet worked. So I, those were my two individuals, but I ended up doing a, lo- a couple relays as well. But I just was like, Chris, like I can't, like, I can't, like, do you know who goes to that meet? Like, I, I can't like Natalie Coughlin, like, no, like, uh, uh-uh. Like these people are so good. Like Ryan Lochte, no, I can't. Like I'm 16. Like what? Like is this like? Did they email the wrong person? Type of thing. I was just like, what is happening? And then, and then I like RSVPBS, and I just was getting so so excited. Like every day, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I'm going to Doha. Like when did I ever get to go to Doha? And I think it really set in when we were like in the airport. I think we were in Washington D.C. before we flew to Frankfurt, and we were just sitting there and like like amazing summer after amazing summer kept coming in um because that's where we're meeting before mm-hmm. we all flew out together and I was like oh like I was just so like shell-shocked I was like I couldn't like talk it's like starstruck I couldn't talk to anyone like I was like oh, oh my god like I oh my gosh like I knew no one and like the couple like there was like one other girl my age and then a girl younger and we just kind of like and like yeah. stuck together because we were all like what is happening but then like I mean, I think USA Swimming has to have some of the nicest athletes ever because they were all like, hey, how are you? Like, what's your name? Like, oh my goodness. Like, are you so excited? Like, they were just all so, so nice. And um, it was cool just getting to like know everyone and like have like the idols you've looked up to your whole life be your teammate and like do that USA chant with you and like you wearing the gear. Like that was a, we're like, are we got mm-hmm. really blinked out here? Like mm-hmm. USA, yeah. so I was like, oh, this is awesome. And the, the pool is like, the most amazing pool I've been to up at that point. It was like a kind of like a 360 seating around the main pool. And then there was a section of just gold thrones. Like oh. like gold thrones. Yeah. That's oh, like right. Yeah, like the royalty, like all that kind of sat there. And I was just like, I've never been to a pool of thrones. This is awesome. Like that is awesome. But, um, yeah, it was it was a really fun time. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, kudos to all the members of Team USA kind of noticing the the three 16-year-old girls, 15, 16-year-old <laughs> girls just kind of quietly talking to themselves. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm Again, they were probably in your position and knew what it felt like. So it's great that they um, had the wherewithal and the awareness to say, hey, how are you today? My name's Natalie. It's like, oh, I know who you are. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was like, oh, you don't have to introduce yourself. Yeah, right. I know who you are. Don't worry. I know your best times. We're good. Um, But that is, that is awesome. Congratulations for all that, especially at such a young age. So one question I always like to ask at uh, athletes who, you know, got really, really good, really, really young. If you told 16 year old Mike that I was one of the best people in the entire world at something, my head was already pretty big at 16. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to fit through doors. Did you have any, I mean, so uh, your words, not mine. You kind of had some confidence issues. How do you have confidence yeah. issues when you're being told that in the best country in the entire world for a sport, swimming, we're usually pretty dominant, that you're one of the best athletes at something like where I would have had confidence issues. I was too confident. So, yeah. so like, tell us about like, how did you kind of deal with the, the, I guess the juxtaposition of that in your brain? I mean, again, we're 16, so everything's throw everything out the window at that point, but I'm just right. kind of curious, like if you remember what, what dealing with all that was like. Um, yeah, that was like a very weird time in my life because you're like, you're a 16 year old girl 
and everything's changing. You just moved across the country. You don't really have friends. You're doing all this. And then at the same time, your swimming career is peaking. So it was just like two different like sides to everything. And like in swimming, I was really confident. So I'd say all my confidence was like definitely on the pool deck. And like, once I got into practice, I was like, no one's beating me. Like got on the block. I was like, no one's beating me. And like, that's where I had that confidence. But the second I'd walk out, I was like, a very self-conscious 16-year-old girl, you know, like I had, like we, like for girls, like we all have that. I feel like you all, you're growing up, especially in the social media age. I was like, this was crazy. I was like in Arizona, my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I was super tall, super skinny, like ridiculous. And I just couldn't like put on muscle. Like I was doing everything, just couldn't. And then I go to Indiana and then boom, I have like 40 pounds of like muscle. And I'm just like, look completely different, feel completely different. And it's like, at a 16 year old girl, like, that's a lot to handle. You know, I was like, everything's changing. But I think for me, I was so lucky that my swimming was peaking, because that gave me like the confidence in myself to just like, be okay, you know, and be fine with it all. But it was it was tough. Like, uh, going like through puberty and just like going to a different high school across the country, all of that. Like I, <laughs> not even lying. Like I definitely had that movie moment where on the first day of high school you eat in the bathroom stall. Like I, not even gonna lie, that happened a couple times, and that's crazy. Like you know, I was just like, I don't know anyone, and like you walk into this cafeteria, and like, who am I gonna sit with? And then. I started meeting people on the swim team and they're like, Oh my God, like come sit with us. Like please stop eating stuff. in the bathroom, please. Yeah. Your social presence, please stop eating in the bathroom. That's yeah. really funny though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, again, like that's just, that is a whirlwind of stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, I didn't forget, but I didn't realize, I guess that the, the move across the country, your mom, obviously with her surgery and your dad not really being home cause he's working nights. Like, man, that's crazy how you came out. Like, even close to normal is impressive. The fact that you came out as a really, really good swimmer in the whole thing um, is even more impressive. So that's incredible. So thank you for all that. And then, so now we have to get to, so then you went to the Olympic training center, right? And that's where you said you climbed those stairs and found out that you had like how many, three or four stress fractures in your three, leg? The first time. Three, the yeah. first time. Oh, I can't wait for the second. Three stress <laughs> fractures in your leg, one almost completely broken through. So do you know or understand why that's happening or is it just kind of like a, Hey, this is the way I'm built. Just, I mean, obviously you're going to deal with it either way, but like, mm-hmm. like, did you figure out like, was it a specific training or cause everyone else is doing the same training and I'm assuming not all of them have three right. stress factors. So it's kind of a new <laughs> thing, but like what, how did yeah. you start again, throw that on top of everything that happened? How do you then start dealing with the added pressure and, you know, negativity of an injury along with it? Yeah. I mean, it's super frustrating. Like I, I can't even explain like how annoying it is to have a boot, you're on crutches and you're in a boot on your left foot. Then halfway through the day, you have to switch it to your right foot. Just so like you're getting boot, booted on both legs. Cause you can't wear two boots. So like you have to do a little bit of this leg, a little bit of that leg. And I think at the time I was just like, this sucks. And I had no idea what I was in for because I mean, all the way till now I've had between 12 to 15 stress fractures since that period of time. So I had no idea what I was in for. Like I have had the most amazing doctors ever, but it's like every doctor says a different thing. Like at first I thought it was like my technique on my turns, like how I was coming off. And another was like, Oh, you're just like walking. You walk wrong. Like it, it was like everything in the book that they thought it could have been. Like I was told at one point. And, um, 
I was lucky enough at Cal to also have a most amazing doctors, like super awesome, um, uh, physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And I just was working with them and I was like, I just don't think it's impact because I played volleyball for seven years and this never happened. Like how, how is this happening now? And, um, they're like, Oh, you know, I was talking to my PT like, Oh wow. Like, I didn't, I didn't know you played volleyball, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I just don't think it's impact. Like, I don't understand how it would be. And he's like, you know what? Like, it may just be, you're like, I mean, you work out so much that your muscles get tight. And the way your muscle pulls on the bone happens to be pulling in that same spot every time. And your bone just breaks down. And I mean, I think that one to me has made the absolute most sense. Because that's just how like it's happened over the years. Like when my training goes up, these start to set in. And when I, so for me, that makes the most sense. And now it's super important for me to be focusing on that, like taking that time to recover every day and going in to see a physical therapist, making sure my calves are loose and that everything's working well. And unfortunately, I think the answer is just kind of how I built, I'm built and like just training as hard and as often as I do for, I mean, what is this? This is going to be my 17th going on 18th year of competitive swimming and I mean I think it finally catches up to you at some point and I think it that's just how it's showing up for me but um so yeah yeah that's just that just stinks um and kudos to you for continuing to deal with it I mean that is incredible you know there are so many opportunities where you could have been like no I don't I want to like walk like I kind of like not feeling like crap all the time. Um, So, you know, thank you for doing all this to, to represent our country at the highest possible level and uh, you know, show we'll show all of our support as we can and hopefully we'll figure it out. One of these days, I'm going to have to say fried milk. Um, So I'm sure I'm not the first person that thought of that one. Um, So I just have to assume you do a lot of yoga and a lot of stretching now, which is kind of nice. I love Mm -hmm. doing that. So, I mean, it could be worse, but yeah, that is just very frustrating. Um, 15 stress fractures. That's just mm-hmm. insane, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. And you're currently have a broken thing, hand? Yeah, a broken hand. Yeah. Um, we'll get to uh, we'll, we'll, casualty we'll, at a swim meet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's not your body. I think that was just on you. So that is, yeah. what it is. but um, like, that's just, so, so you're at the Olympic training center, you find out you have stress fractures. If that's not like a roller coaster of emotion, again, at 16, let's all remember, like the weirdest possible time in any person's life. Like, did that, what are some of the thoughts that are going through your head? Are you worried like, oh my gosh, like, am I ever going to be able to swim again? Like, that's a little dramatic, but like, Mm -hmm. like what kind of thoughts and and negative and positive and like, no, we can make it through. No, like, uh, like, I don't know how it's going to heal. Stress fractures are weird. Like, what what are you and and Chris and the team talking about at that point? So, I mean, I just remember going in and like Chris and I were just both devastated at the beginning and we're like, how are we going to work this? And then, I mean, Chris is like a very, very smart person. And he was like, you know what? Like, we're going to keep training. All you're going to do is just flip turn away from the wall and you're not going to push off and we'll wear a buoy. You're not going to kick. We're going to do all this. And I think that's like, he's definitely taught me a lot of the strategies to get through like these issues while I'm still training. Uh, At first, I mean, like, every practice I would just get so frustrated and cry. Like I, I wasn't cry. Like, yes, I was in pain, but I was just like so frustrated because all I wanted to do is just flip turn and push off the wall. You know, like just imagine like every, you just get so close to the wall. You have to flip and just float up. Like it's so terrible. I just felt like I was going back to my like childhood mm-hmm. swimming days, you know, and 
it, it was really hard because I went from being like my absolute best being one of the best swimmers to, to I couldn't push off a wall I couldn't kick and I was like this is gonna like ruin my whole summer like I'm not going to make teams I this is when I'm getting recruited for college like this sucks like no college is gonna want me um all that stuff and I think I definitely made it through with Chris every day being like it's fine we're gonna get through this it'll get better stay positive keep working hard and um lucky enough like I was able my first meet back it was some like rinky dink little Indiana swim me and I ended up popping off my best 50 free time and I made the national team and super lucky because I went to nationals that summer and like swam poor, like very bad. And I was just like so embarrassed because the pe previous summer I was like triple crowning and all this stuff. And now I'm like not even making like A and B finals. And I'm like, I, this sucks. But um, yeah. So then moving on from that, I, I go into college and um like still kind of suffering with this, getting on the good side and just having to explain this to my coach who is just so understanding. And I'm so grateful for that because a lot of swim coaches could have been like, uh, this kind of seems like a long-term thing, mm -hmm. like a, eh, maybe try somewhere else. But Terry was just like, we'll, we'll get through it. Like, you know how to work through it. Like we have awesome doctors and medical staff here. And um, yeah, they they were nothing but awesome. But I think the transition from being the best to feeling like the worst was awful like mm. I was just like cranky and my mom's like what's wrong and I'm like mom I don't like I have no meaning anymore like I'm not good at swimming anymore and I think through all my injuries like that's how I realized that like Amy Bilquist is more than just a swimmer mm -hmm. like and I think that was the in at 16 when I only had that confidence in my swimming I was Amy Bilquist the swimmer because Amy Bilquist the 16 year old going through like a major life change was like I don't want to deal with that version you know and mm -hmm. so it was um I mean the injuries have all been like blessings in disguises obviously during them and when they happened they didn't feel like the worst thing ever but mm -hmm. um I think you come out of them stronger and get better and uh learn different ways learn something new about your body every single day <laughs> um definitely I definitely watch how much I walk around now and I have some more supportive shoes just to if that is adding mm -hmm. to it just like take extra precautions that way but. yeah yeah do literally anything that you can um yeah. even if it's the smallest minuscule possible amount i mean it'll do something in the long term because that's how right and you do one add one every single day and it becomes a lot so um no i think that that's mm -hmm. very important and uh that definitely makes sense that's that is awesome that i mean First off, congratulations, you went to UC Berkeley. I think people have heard of that school once or twice. Um, but it's really impressive that they clearly saw that even though you did have this, I'm not going to call it debilitating, but you know, potentially long-term injury that would continue to come back because that's just how stress fractures are, um, you yeah. still they still were like, no, it's cool. Like We think you're that good that we'll, I don't want to say take a chance because obviously you, you showed your, 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 your competence already, but, um, really just saying like, okay, yeah, like we'll just work through it together and you know, and that you can just stay on the team. So I think that's really cool. And like, so at your time during UC Berkeley, uh, as I said before, five-time national champ and an NCAA record holder, do you still hold that record? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we do. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, yeah, I guess tell us, tell us a little bit more. I mean, we went pretty deep on your, your high school and, um, I think one year into college was a 2016 um yeah 2015 2016 so 2015 year. is your freshman year um yeah I guess just tell us a little bit about your your time in college and then we'll go to the the trials um after that yeah so 
Cal was awesome, but at first it was tough. <laughs> like I went from like Arizona, which was like fine to Indiana. And then going to Berkeley is like, just like all in the matter of like two to three years. Yeah, it's like geez. culture shock, culture mm-hmm. shock, culture shock. Um, and I was just like super homesick. I was like calling my parents and I'm just like, I miss you guys, all this stuff. I was like, but honestly, like, the worst thing about me moving away from my family has always been my dog. I'm like, can you please just like put Luke on the phone, <laughs> like FaceTime me and like Luke will just sit there and I'll just be like, you're so cute. And I'm like, can you please pet him? <laughs> and like all this stuff. But um, what kind of dog is Luke? He, um, he's a mutt. So we got him from like the Humane Society, but mm-hmm. I think he he's big, but he most looks like a German shepherd lab, mm-hmm. little bit of Doberman Great Dane almost. Okay. So he's like oh, whoa. big so and everything. Big boy. Yeah, he's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's um, so but cute. wait, one follow-up question. Who rescued who? Oh, he rescued me. Uh, of I, it's did. actually an awesome story. Oh, perfect. Wow, I, I kind of say that like as a joke, but I'm really <laughs> glad that I said it. This is awesome. Okay, keep going. Yeah, we were like walking in. Uh, my like long, like our long-term dog had passed away a couple, like six months earlier. And it was the Saturday before Father's Day. And we're like, let's like, it's time. Let's, let's go get a dog. And so we only ever have got him from Humane Society. So we're walking around the Arizona Humane Society and going up and down the roads. And my sister finds this like black lab, like puppy. And she's like, we have to have him. And I was like, just walking. And I was like, I just want to see like the other dogs. My dad and I walked past the Luke now. His name was JB at the time, but he had like a lot of people outside his cage. And I was like, what, what kind of dog is that? And I walk past and he makes direct eye contact with me and just follows me. Like there is like five people in front of his cage and he just like eye contact and my dad's like Amy walk by again and I walk by again he just follows me again and my dad's like well, that's our dog that's our dog that's and my mom's cute. like JB Julie Bilquist so it kind of everything oh. just, like, yeah it just kind of fell into place and he has been like the absolute best dog in the entire world like if you want to know a photogenic dog I think my mom has trained him like anytime oh. you pull out a camera or like point your phone at him he's like smiles he like he knows how to work it that's pretty cute good for him i will have to say he's probably the second cutest dog only to my dog but i think that's how everybody feels so it's yeah we don't have to have that argument on air we can do that off air so people don't have to listen but no that's actually a super adorable (laughs) story and it turns out you love your dog a lot what's not to love right Mm -hmm. he sounds pretty great Mm -hmm. um so that is fantastic i'm sorry you had to leave him so many times but yeah no it's okay but um, facetime it helps yeah he's yeah he's awesome and i got super super lucky because my dad got transferred again my freshman year of college to California. So they ended up living like two hours away from Berkeley and it was just the most perfect thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just got really lucky because then we were on the same, same time zone. They could come to meets and all that stuff. But like I was saying, freshman year was just tough. Um, not only like just socially and like swimming, like, oh my goodness, Terry's training is insane. It's, I mean, in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never ever been anywhere in my life where in 10 minutes I could literally feel like I was going to like die. Like she can just like kill you in 10 minutes, but it's like such an efficient way and like made me feel so confident about my swimming again. And, um, and I think her training was awesome because it it wasn't always a ton of yardage. So my legs weren't getting as broken Mm -hmm, down as often. mm -hmm. So like that worked really well. And, um, freshman year was tough. I, I absolutely couldn't have gotten through it without my freshman class. Like we were, we were just so close and like, absolutely love them. Like Katie McLaughlin and Kathleen Baker and I were just super close. And then like Jenna Campbell and, oh, it was just so fun. Um, and freshman year was happening. I got, 
we all swam like terribly though like terribly until our conference meet and then at conference out of the blue I ended up winning the 200 backstroke as a freshman and we were all just kind of like what and I was going into NCAA seated first in two events as a freshman and I was like what the heck is happening like this is awesome and then a couple days after Pac-12s I was in bed at night and I looked over at my roommate and I was like Phoebe like I can't move like I, I just couldn't move anymore I had like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, like in my abdomen. And I was like, like, I can't move. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. So I called an Uber. I went to the hospital and they're like, Oh my, like, we don't know what's going on. I was getting a ton of like MRIs, all that stuff. And at first they were like, Oh my goodness, your liver and your spleen are like very enlarged. Like something's wrong. And they like called my parents to come. Like it was this like crazy thing. And they were doing all this test, but couldn't find out what was wrong with me. And eventually they were just like, I don't know, like take it easy. And this is, this is hard because Pac-12s and NCs are only like two weeks apart. So I'm like, I need to be training. Like I'm mm-hmm. seated first. Like I need to do all this stuff. I want to win. And then a couple days later, I was like back at the hospital and I was like, this is just forever. And, but Terry was awesome. She's like, well, when you can train, we'll train, we'll go hard. And when you're not feeling good, you just have to rest. Like you have to get better. And NCs, like I didn't end up winning. I didn't end up swimming as well as I wanted. I did, I think, pretty well for a freshman. I got fourth and fifth in the events. And luckily, we ended up winning a relay. And so that was my first national championship. And then right after NCs, I was back in the hospital. And I was freaking out because now Olympic trials is coming up in a couple months. And I was like, we have to figure this out. So and within the next month and a half, two months, we figured out I had like a really bad bacterial infection that attacked the lining of my stomach and like just kind of upset everything around there. So I just had like excess fluid that was causing all the pain and then got that taken care of like a month before Olympic trials. And I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, here we go. We can finally train again. And um, going into Olympic trials, I just remember having like this distinct conversation with Terry on deck. She's like, uh, like, what do you think like your best shot is? And I was like, Oh, hundred back easily. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah, hundred back. And she's like, okay, like good. Like you, like you're looking good. And then that was the first event I swam in prelims, like went a best time by like a lot. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like not only did I just do a best time, I made semifinals. Like what? Like, this is awesome. And then semifinals of that night. One second. I just, just, yeah. I, how do you qualify for the Olympic trials? Okay. So Olympic trials is only held in long course. So that's basically in swimming Mm -hmm. terms, that's the summer season. Okay. Um, So you make a time standard to go to Olympic trials. And then the way the events I swim work, the longer ones are sometimes just prelims finals, but I swim shorter ones. So it goes prelims, then it goes down. Prelims is also like 200 people. And then semifinals is 16 and then finals is eight. Okay. And then they take the top two to the Olympics. Okay. Unless it's the 100 free or 200 free where they take the top four, generally the top six for relays. But every okay. other event, only two. So, okay, and you're doing the 100 back? Right now, yeah. Okay. So that would be only two. Okay, so time in. We're in the semifinals, yeah. <laughs> and you're in, doing the 100 back, and Terry's like, you got this. Yeah, so I'm heat one. There's two heats. So I'm heat one, so I'm the first heat that goes, and I'm seated – I'm seated second overall. So I'm lane four. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like all I have to do is get a lane. All I have to do is get a lane for finals. And I'm just like, for some reason, like I'm just terribly nervous that I wasn't going to do it. All I literally had to do was go the time I went that morning. Like that's all I had to do. I was like pretty good. And then I went, so I'm another best time. And I was like, Oh my God, 
gosh. And I was going see the third into finals. So finals happen the day after at night. So you basically oh, so sleep you on just, it. You like, have a whole oh, morning. No. And then finals. So I just was like, oh my, like, I just remember after semifinals, like, I was just so excited I couldn't even sleep. I was like, all right, Amy, relax. You have to sleep. And I remember my roommate at the time at the meet was Kristen Breedeveld. She's on Cal. And she, like, we woke up the next day. She's like, so you made the team in your dream last night. How are your interviews? <laughs> so I, like, dreamt. And I, I sleep talk when I'm really nervous. So oh, apparently I was getting uh-huh. interviewed after. <laughs> so she was, like, listening to the interview. <laughs> But I just remember I was like so nervous that morning, like walking across like the breezeway to the pool. And I was like, okay, like whatever. It's just, all I have to do is just like warm up this morning. I'm not even swimming, like stop being so nervous. And I was like, okay, like I'm fine. And now I'm getting like confident. Like I'm getting excited. I'm like tonight, like I can be an Olympian. Like that's awesome. And I just remember like, I'm getting all my stuff for the afternoon session. And I just, before I leave, I'm in the bathroom and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you're going to be an Olympian tonight. You're going to be an Olympian tonight. And that was the first time I think I ever verbalized it and like looked at myself and said it. And I went and <laughs> in the ready room, I was like freaking out, but like very calmly freaking out. Like I don't think internally freaking out. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And then, so you're in this ready room then they take you up to this little back room that's behind like the doors that open up and all the cool effects. And I just remember, I was like, why is this room so short? Like, I, like, couldn't even stand up all the way. I was like, I feel bad for, like, the guys. Like, they're much taller than me. But I was like, okay, whatever. Like, this room's kind of cool. But you're, like, cramped in with, like, the seven people you're competing against. And I'm, like, looking. And I'm like, this final is crazy. Like, Missy Franklin, Natalie Coughlin, Kathleen Baker, Olivia Smoligia, myself. Like, like this heat is stacked. And um, I just remember going in. Like, I nervously, like, fixed my goggles all the time, like, <laughs> as they were announcing the names, and I remember I, like, finally got it just right, put them on, and I was like, all right, like, just go, just go, and that's all I was saying to myself the whole race, just go, just go, just go, and I finished, I looked up, I saw the third, and I saw that I missed it by only eight one hundredths of a second, the girl who beat me was by eight one hundredths of a second, and I was just, like, absolutely had my heart crushed like ripped out of my chest like thrown on the ground stomped on but um I remember just walking out going into the I was just trying not to cry like I was super upset I just didn't want to like have that moment where I'm just bawling in front of every swimmer in America like I that just I just wasn't going to do that and I just warmed down I had like I had more events to swim and I was like I just need to warm down this is still the beginning of the meet like I have more like chances and that's what everyone was telling me they're like you have more chances like that was an awesome race like and I just remember Dana Vollmer um was my teammate and like one of my good friends and I was walking up to my parents and my family after and she just runs up to my family with me and like she gives my family a hug before I'm even over there and she's like crying with my family and like me and it was just like it was one of those moments where it like really puts it into perspective like that's happened to Dana, you know? And like, I have Dana Volmer comforting me and my family. Like, that's awesome. And, um, I go back that night and I, I lost it in the hotel room. Like I was just sitting in the bathroom, like sobbing. And I called my like coaches and I was just like my old, like club coaches, my age group coach. And I was just like, what do I do all this stuff? And they're like, just keep going. Like you have more of a meet. You did awesome. And then I ended up scratching a couple of events because I, uh, my backstroke was feeling awesome. And I was like, I'm just going to put all my marbles in the, into the 200 back. And I go, I swim prelims and I just literally by the like skin of my like 
fingers made it to semifinals in the two back. And I was like, Oh honey, like you need to like, come on, like you're not going to make the team by just squeaking in. And then, so at semifinals, I like had an awesome swim, go in seated third again. And I was like, I'm, I'm not really liking lane three. Like what the heck? Get me out of lane three. And um, so now the next day finals come around for the 200 back. And at this point, this is my last shot to make the team. Like um, here it is. And I, I go out like a wild banshee. Like I'm not known for going out in my races. I'm normally like a come, like come back. But to be honest, like I didn't feel like I was going out fast. I just had a lot of adrenaline and I was out first at the 50, out second at the um, 100. And I was like third to fourth at the 150 marks. So I have a whole a lap left and I was just doing everything in my power to go as fast as I could to get to that wall. And I ended up touching fourth and missing that event by 48 one hundreds. So I like just missed both my events barely. And I was just like, so distraught. I was like, I just got third and fourth at the Olympic trials. Like I like that is the first and second loser. Like that sucks. And what happens when you're third is you have to sign like a alternate because if someone gets hurt within a time period you can go to the olympics and so you have to keep training and like that is the absolute last thing i wanted to do after getting third and fourth was get in the pool and keep training like actually training because i could get called up and i i did train i trained hard and i didn't get called up and i just like was just so distraught and i like everything I thought I was everything I thought I wanted to be everything I wanted to be growing up. I just, I didn't do, I was so close, but I didn't do it. And that was like, I think the heart, I was 18 as well. So I'm still not like super mature, you know? And I was just like, this is like the worst. And I mean, Terry, the whole time is like, Amy, like you're being ridiculous. Like if this, like you just had the best meet of your entire life. And I did, like I dropped so much time. And like in the 200 back, I dropped four seconds, which is, like yeah. crazy as like 18 and at the, like no one really drops that much time at trials at that age. And I was just like, but I didn't make it. Like all I kept focusing on was like, I didn't do it. And, but I was so fortunate to have like the close people around me be like, but look how good you did. And I, and I couldn't, like, I just couldn't hear that at the time. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't hear it. All I could hear was like, you're the first loser. Like, you know, you didn't make it. You put in all this work. Why did you put in all this work? Like you didn't make it. And it definitely took me like a good year, year and a half to eventually like start liking the sport again. I just had so much like angst mm-hmm. against, like, I was just like, how could you do this to me swimming? Like I've given like after everything. all I've given you. Oh. Yeah. Like I've sacrificed everything. Like what the heck? And then, um, eventually like, I mean, I went in like a, de- like I had an ad- identity crisis. Like I was turning into someone I didn't like all this stuff and I was just doing things I wasn't proud of like it's just not how I wanted to live my life and then one day it was just kind of like I had to shape up my act I was like what am I doing like what am I doing like this is not like swimming is cool and awesome but like it shouldn't have this much of an impact on like who I am and at that time I was like you know what like what's really important to me is school and like being a smart student and like trying hard So when I felt like I couldn't really be in like the swim space, I just put like all that into school and like try to be the best student I can be all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to show people that I'm more than just a swimmer. Like I can be a good student as well. And like my grades were great and like everything and that helped build my confidence up again. And then eventually over time I was able to hear like, you know what, that wasn't awesome to meet. 
yes, it seemed like a failure at the time, but it was a learning experience. And like, maybe that wasn't my time to make the meet, you know, maybe at 18 years old, I wouldn't have had the tools to be able to go to the Olympics and perform well. You know, you, you just never know. And I would just, I would like to hope that, and I've been told my whole life that it's, it's just not your time yet, but it's coming, it's coming. And I was just so over that phrase. Like, I was like, next person who says that phrase to me, like, just get out of here. Like, I want it to be my time right now. Like, I'm working hard, all this stuff. And I, and I am hoping that like, they're right. Like, it's not my time. And I, I'm facing these obstacles for a reason. Like, all this stuff, it's showing me like how much I care about swimming and how much I can overcome as a human and not just like as a swimmer. And um, just moving on my years of college, my sophomore, junior year were like, okay, they weren't great. They weren't as good as my freshman year, but sophomore year, I was lucky to be on another national championship relay. So that was my second one. And then junior year, like train, I was like getting back into my rhythm halfway through junior year. And then by senior year, I was like, okay, last go around. Let's do this. Like I'm back. I'm feeling great. Like I love swimming. I love going to practice. Like I love my teammates, all this stuff. Like, and I'm excited to do all the goals I wanted to do. And so we're in September. So very beginning of the year. And I'm like, oh no, I have a stress fracture. Like I can feel it. And I've had a couple leading up to this point, but now I'm in the mindset of like, let's go. Like we can do it. And then they're like, boom, stress fracture. And I was like, oh my gosh, whatever. Like try to stay positive. I can keep doing this. So I'm on crutches for a little bit, like have a boot, all that stuff. By October 22nd, I get the clear, like no boot. You can push off walls. You can kick all this stuff. And I'm like, woo, like life's great. It's October. Like I have all this time before March, before NCs, like we'll be fine. The next day I break my foot walking down the street. Like literally like the streets in Berkeley are kind of just like crappy. Like there's a lot of potholes and it was dark and I just literally stepped wrong and my tendon pulled a piece of the bone off the foot. And I like, was so in denial that that night I was like walking it off, quote unquote. Like I was walking <laughs> around my room. I'm like, I am fine. Like I am fine. Like there's no way. And I'm just walk, like walking it off, walking it off and like go to sleep. I sit elevated. I'm like, you know what? Like I've sprained my ankle a ton in volleyball. Like I'll be fine. Like, whatever. This isn't, this isn't bad. But then I woke up the next morning and I was like, this is bad. This is not a sprain. Like, and I go to my, like, um, my tra- our trainer at the time at Cal and I was like hey like I think I messed up my foot but you know like I'm just gonna keep like I'm fine like I'm just gonna just walk it off and she's like no you're gonna sit down you're not gonna walk it off and I had an appointment with my physical therapist before I had an appointment getting an x-ray for my shins anyway because I was still on that track and I was like having him look at it and he was like doing all these things he's like either like you have a really like I don't think you broke it or you have a really high pain tolerance I don't know and I go <laughs> and get an x-ray and I walk in the room and the doctor comes in he's like you broke your foot like broke it broke it and shows me the x-ray in it so it's like your fifth metacarpal metacarpal I don't know I the same I'm not a doctor. you're so, good yeah, yeah. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> fifth met um an avulsion fracture so basically what happened is when my foot went to roll my tendon snapped back and it snapped back hard and pulled a chip of the bone off with it so now I just have to wait until the bone fuses together again and he's like all right six weeks like nothing and I'm like six weeks nothing is not going to happen like that's just not I'm sorry like and I haven't like had enough injuries I'm just like anytime I get one now the doctor says something I'm like it's just not I'm sorry no like no I believe you but I'm not gonna do it yeah (laughs) yeah so he like he was awesome and helped work with me and my trainer is like the most amazing human ever I don't know how she 
deals with all she does. But, um, so they built me like a water splint so I could go in the water. Like I, it was a splint and then I'd tape it up super tight. So the water couldn't move it at all. And I would just pull and pull and pull. And I had like, I was notorious for a great lower body, really weak upper body. And I had to pull for like two whole months. So my upper body got super strong and I was like, yes. And I got like the clear that it was just healed enough that I could do our mid-season meet to try to qualify for NCs. And I was like, all I have to do is just do one swim, qualify for NCs and not have to worry about it and just get healthy the rest of the season. So I go and I make it and I don't swim great, but I have a time that's just on the border of probably making NCs, but like, you never know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like freaking out because then the only other times I can qualify are dual meets where you're not suited up, you're not shaved, you're not tapered or at pac 12s but at pac 12s we won't do a full taper because we're trying to taper at NCs. And so I'm, I get to explain the pac 12s and I'm like, explain that. Okay. I don't fully understand. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, so our dual meet season typically happens in January, February. That's when we have our bigger ones, like against our conference teams. So like okay. the Arizona's USC, UCLA, Stanford. And as those meets, they're kind of just like, we're training through them. So we'll have like practice the day before we'll go in some a little before the meet, then we'll race, but mm -hmm. you're just in like a normal practice suit. Okay. Um, so you're not rested for the meet. And then at pack 12s and NCs. So pack 12s is our conference meet mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you'll taper a little bit and taper is basically just like resting. Okay. So you'll like your yardage will go down you'll just rest. Like mm -hmm. instead of like walking around, you'll just like try to rest more, get more sleep, eat better, all that stuff. And you'll put on a, like a technical competition suit, like, okay. you know, the knee ones. That yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll wear those at like Pac-12s NCs, but I'm at Pac-12s and I'm like, I'm not going to NCs unless I make my times here. And, um, I like swam like lights out at Pac-12s and I was super stoked. I ended up winning the hundred back, like in a super close race. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I had a stress fracture and a broken foot. And, and like, I still beat no... you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's awesome because the girl I beat, I grew up swimming with. She's an Arizona swimmer. She's also Canadian, but her name's Taylor Ruff. She's phenomenal. She's awesome. But it was like, kind of like, she was a freshman. I was a senior and I was like, no, 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 you youngin. Like, <laughs> put you in <laughs> your place. Like the sweetest girl. Yeah. That's she's funny. Girl. And um, she swims on Stanford too. So it was kind of like, no. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. No. And um, it, it was really fun. And then, we ended up going five for five in the relays at pack 12s, which has like, I don't think it's, it hasn't been done or it wasn't done for a long time. So we were going in feeling awesome to NCs. Like I was feeling awesome individually. The relays were feeling awesome, all of this stuff. And I get to NCs and in the past, my NCs haven't been as great as I had anticipated. And I remember going in and I was like, that's just, it's just not going to be that way this year. Like I'm going to have fun no matter what happens. This is my last meet as a cow golden bear. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to swim fast. Like I've been through so much this year. I'm just so determined, like more determined than ever. Like I'm going to lay it on my line on the line for my team one last time. And it was only myself and Katie McLaughlin as the two seniors at that meet. So it was just like this crazy experience that there's only two of us and this was our last time. And like, we were just like trying to like, tell like the, the grades below us basically like this is so special cherish it because you're going to get to your senior year and you're going to be like where has the time gone so I think senior year and like NCs was so it, I swam while I ended up a finaling so top eight in all three of my events which is awesome I ended up runner up in the hunter back I was 
I don't, this fifth or sixth in the 50 free and seventh maybe in the 100 free and then ended up winning three relays, which was awesome and set, mm-hmm. setting like American records, US Open records, NCAA records. And I was just like, I think the whole meet, I didn't not have a smile on my face. Like mm-hmm. I, that was the most fun I've ever had. And I just think as a team, we just came together and decided like this meet, we're just going to have fun. We're going to have fun. And we ended up getting second overall by like, 30 or 40 something points which was crazy because we had like seven less people than stanford did who won so we were like wow like we like we swam phenomenal Mm -hmm. and i just remember i was like crying the whole like right after like we touched that last ball and won that last relay i just started crying because everything was just like you know what like i still love this sport you know like it just means so much to me and i was at that point and i think a lot of people who graduated in 2019 as well were at that point where it's like do we enter the real world or do we try to trace chase our Olympic dream one last time? Because you're, you have a year until it happens. And I was like, you know what, as much as I don't ever want to feel that pain of not making that team again, like I love what I'm doing right now. And I totally think I'm capable of making that Olympic team and being an Olympian. Like I have so much drive right now and I'm going to move to Arizona. I'm going to live with my sister. I haven't lived with my sister in like forever since we were super young. And I'm going to be surrounded by people that like love me that I grew up with. And um, I'm going to go to these coaches that know not that like Cal did it. I just wanted something new and, and fresh again and to live with my sister. And honestly, like it's really expensive to live in Berkeley. So like living in Arizona is a little nicer and affordable. And, um, and I just was like, I think Arizona is the spot for me right now. And uh, it's been awesome because Cal is like still such a huge influence in what I'm doing. Like I talk, like when I broke my hand, I called Terry and I was like, I, you won't believe it, but you'll, you'll believe it, but you you'll believe it. it. I was going to say after all yeah. this, I kind of believe anything at this point. So yeah. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like Amy, I like feel so bad for you. Like, I don't know why you keep getting tested in these ways. Like da da da. But if anyone can do it, like you can do it. And having your like, like college coach say that who, not your coach anymore, doesn't have to say that, like all of that, say that to you. I was like, wow, like, you know what? Thank you. And like, that makes me feel more confident. And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it's a broken hand. This is probably one of the like least big deals I've had. I've mm-hmm. broken bones. Like I've broken a collarbone. I've broken a rib, like I've legs, like foot, like a hand right now is like minuscule. And like, mm-hmm. I can kick, I can do different stuff and be fine. So I think for me, it's just the journey of like, I want to swim so bad. I'm so determined, but it's like, bam, like something keeps coming up. But at the same time, like I've gotten so good at like overcoming that and just like moving forward, you know, it's like, just keep going. Like what, what, what's going to help me right now? If I sit here and have a pity party that I broke my hand, like that's not going to help anyone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just moving forward and also like trying to set an example for the younger kids on the team that I'm training with, you know, like, when you get hurt, like, yeah, it does suck. And like, yeah, some days aren't fun, but like keep coming to the pool, keep showing up, keep doing your best and like keep chasing your dreams. Dreams and goals aren't easy. Like I've never met one person who made an Olympic team easily. Like it's not an easy thing to do. And like a lot of people have that story where they came back from X, Y, Z and like everything. And like, that's how, who I want to be. Like, I would be so much more proud of myself making the Olympic team in 2020 than I think I would have been in 2016 because I hadn't gone through everything I've Mm -hmm. gone through now, you know, and I'm so much more mature and like 
in such a better place with myself where my whole identity doesn't like rely on swimming anymore, but I still like love it enough to want to keep doing it. You know, like it's, it is hard sometimes though, when you see all your like other friends who are like just graduating college, going on like month long trips to like Europe. And you're like, I want to do that. Like, I don't want to wake up at 5am and jump in the pool today. Like I want to go to Europe and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, but I want to, you know, I want to be an Olympian. So like I will wake up every day early and I will jump in that pool and I will get 1% better. And I'll hope that 1% just compounds up until I become an Olympian. And yeah. That's the only way to do it. That was awesome. Thank you for all of that. Um, I don't really have to say too much because you did a pretty killer <laughs> job at explaining it. And I actually like those because I like listening. I, I love to talk, but I really, really enjoy listening more. So I really appreciate all of that. Um, just a couple points of note. Dana is awesome. Um, going back a few minutes into that story. Dana's awesome. That's incredible. Super unfortunate you didn't make the team, but as you kind of wrapped up there, it's, it's, it made it much more worth what you then eventually went through. Um, these injuries, I feel injured just listening to what's happening to you. Um, and that's just, and the thing is Europe's going to be there. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Like you're fine. Like you can go to Europe after you win a gold medal in the Olympics because then you can walk around Europe with your Olympic gold medal. It's pretty cool. I've seen an Olympian walk around with a medal before. Everybody's really interested. I promise you that. Um, That's a big flex. It's a pretty cool one. Uh, It's pretty impressive. So no, I think that that's incredible. Europe's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Shout out to your sister. Thanks for, I, I hope she's not charging you too much in rent. Um, Awesome. Oh, no, we split it. We split it. Okay, well, that is what it is, I guess. Uh, but Scottsdale, Arizona is the best. Um, if there was a place I wanted to wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, that would be one of those places, um, only because it's so perfect. It helps that it's like 80 at that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like you're waking up in like January in New Jersey when it's like 4. Yeah. Uh, that's not too fun no. and leaving your house. Um, just get inside during that middle part of the day, and you're going to be fine. But what so what was it about Scottsdale though that was or Arizona in general like was it because you lived there what like you, there's a lot of other places I know that they have really good swimming around the country like what yeah. was it about Scottsdale that really drew you in um I would say there's like two or three major things um the first is one is my sister like Makes she's sense. turning 30 in 22 23 days and I was like I'm never going to have this opportunity to live with my sister again like mm. she's she's gonna get married soon all that stuff like I'm never gonna have that opportunity like I want to live with her like I, I love her like I want that support system in house and I want to be her support system as well and um, the second is um, back in October of my senior year actually the day after I broke my foot my longtime like coach who was my age group coach got me into swimming coached me forever um, passed away um, before he turned 40 so it was kind of like really young and all this stuff and he was like my rock like he Mm -hmm. was the reason I'm still in swimming he was he taught me everything about like overcoming obstacles like everything and that like ripped my heart out I felt like I was like yeah my broken foot hurts but like losing Ryan like Mm -hmm. was so hard like that took everything out of me and just really made me be like he was kind of the reason like I'm still swimming and like still love to swim and was even in the sport in general. And now like he's not there and that's really tough. And he was the first person I called after I missed the team in 2016. Like who do I call now? You know, like he was that person. Like he kept up with me, all that stuff. And 
he was from Arizona. Like he was on the team. He coached the team I was on when growing up in West Side Silverfins. And he was basically like the heart and soul of that team. And I, I wanted to be close to that. And like, I wanted to be close to him. Like I wanted to be close to like where it all began. Like I started swimming in Arizona. Like I wanted to get back into that and feel like the little girl who fell in love with the sport. Like I wanted to channel that energy type of thing. So that was a huge reason why I came back and be able to like, I'm not Scottsdale wasn't the team I was on with Ryan. I was Westside Silverfins, but I wanted to be close to that team. So if anything ever happened, like I, like, I feel like I could be there for Ryan in a sense and like help with that. And, um, and the other was just like being on, under Kevin and Bob. Um, those are my two coaches and Kevin is just an awesome coach and he's very understanding and passionate about the sport. And Bob has been one of my coaches like forever. He was on West side solar fence when I was six. And then when I went over to Scottsdale for a little bit, when I was like 15, he came over. So it was just like, Bob has always been there as well. And um, he definitely holds me accountable. Like he's kind of like the tough cop, mm-hmm. Kevin's kind of like <laughs> the nice cop. but it's a good combo because I think everyone needs that, you know, like you mm-hmm. need, to be able to have those relationships with coaches and like have someone who's going to hold you accountable, but also have someone where you can be like, you know what, Kevin, like I don't feel like it today. And he'd be like, you know what, like put it in the bigger picture. You're going to wish you had felt like it, you know? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. All right. Like what's the set? Let me go. And so I think those are like the three main reasons I came back to Arizona. And also like the fourth, the weather's awesome. Yeah. And, also by the way, yeah. the weather is incredible. Yeah. Um, maybe not now, June, July yeah. is, in August isn't it's a little tough but I'm getting like a pretty decent tan although I'm rocking a goggle tan quite hard I was gonna say now that you pointed out you do kind of look a little raccoony but it's it's nice yeah. it works it works for your uh, you know your sport your 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 uh your yeah. industry of swimming that you're in um that's awesome you know shout out to your sister that's great congratulations to her too and happy birthday pretty soon um that's Thank awesome you. I'm very unfortunate to hear about your your former coach but I think that that you know clearly um you you felt pretty strongly about it and to come back and and to 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 be there for him I think is extremely important to you and I'm sure it's extremely important to everyone that knew him and and uh you know he he touched many lives it sounds like especially yours um so I think that it's incredible that you're you're going back and doing that and then obviously again your former coach um other former coaches is still there and he's he's Mm -hmm. he's rocking it with you and and you know gonna gonna bring you to that mountaintop uh took you from the beginning uh is gonna bring you all the way to where you need to go so I think that that is absolutely fantastic and yeah, the weather's uh, pretty great, so could be worse, I guess. Um, oh, it could is, be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lot worse, but um, that's awesome. So we do have a couple topics left. Uh, this is a little longer than I promised, but you like to talk, and I like to talk, and your stories are really great, so I don't want to cut you off. So I'm, I hope you don't have too many important things to get to in the next couple minutes, but um, a couple more things. One, uh, 2020, sounds like you're well on your way. It sounds like you almost considered not training, but then quickly we're like, no, nah, that's ridiculous. I'm going to continue to train. Yeah. Um, so we understand how, when do you have to hit that um, Olympic trial marker by? Um, so I've already um, hit it. Okay, so, cool. So you're, it, yeah. the trials are when? Um, the tri- so like actually a couple days ago to the year is when it's going to start. So awesome. it happens end of June early july it's in that period okay cool so you're we're about 12 months out so you know when it is what you need to do you're currently injured Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how 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 have you and your team structured a plan to make sure that you are peaking at the absolute right time um to make sure that you not only make the games but then when you go you crush it when you're there right so um 
my Kevin's awesome and he's very organized. And right when I got here, he like had the every week planned out basically until Olympic trials and the Olympics of what my training cycles are going to look like. So my, this summer was a lot about power and speed and getting strong again. And then after nationals, I go into like a solid aerobic chunk to make sure I can like finish my races and have endurance, all this stuff. And then as it gets closer to um, like winterish, but more spring time, I'm going back into that power speed cycle. And so hopefully by the time June rolls around, I'll be like super strong. I'll be at my peak power and like peak speed, but I'll also still have the Mm -hmm. endurance and the aerobic block. And so right now it's just being the speed power block and that's a little thrown off with the hand. Um, but I was going to ask, you, did, he, kicking block. <laughs> yeah. did he yeah, uh, factor in the injuries by any chance? No, we were just hoping that they weren't going to happen. But, that's good um, that you should. Maybe you should. Just get them out of the way. Yeah, get them yeah. out of the way early, I guess. That's a great way to look at it. So everything sounds yeah. like super organized and you kind of, you pretty much know everything you have to do from today until after the olympics it sounds like so that's does that does that make it better or worse um honestly looking at like the aerobic chunk i'm like that are you sure we want to go aerobic for that long like, uh-huh. that looks a little long but um it, it does help because it's like you know what like it breaks it down mm-hmm. instead of being like looking at it in like a year this needs to happen and it's like when you look at it, like i don't know it's like looking at a super dirty room and it's like, mm-hmm. I have to clean all this. So it's like, you have to pick a point to start. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to start by making my bed. So that's kind of what, for me, these like cycles are. It's like, okay, we're going to start here. Then we're going to go here, then there. And so it's like more manageable. And like, mm-hmm. I can like be in control of those blocks instead of having like a year to be like, ah, mm-hmm. like I have to do everything to make the Olympic team, you know? So yeah, I, I really appreciate it in that sense. Oh, no, of course. I was being a little facetious um, when I do ask that <laughs> question, but I can see that being like, just like kind of flipping through the pages. It's like, oh, that, oh, I get to do that in September. Oh, that's great. Oh, in oh, March, I can't wait for March. Like, so I can see like yeah. kind of the, the grand scheme looking, you know, the 50,000 foot view is probably like super daunting. But yeah, when you break it down to, okay, you're just doing this today. It's like, okay, I can, I can do that today. Like I've done it before right. or I've, you know, come really close to doing that. Like, that's fine. We can just do that. Um, and then, yeah, the aerobic part um, just sounds like a lot of a long distance swimming yeah. and probably doing it really fast. Yeah. So um, good luck. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully everything works out then. That's great. Um, so that's cool. I mean, that's got to be like super empowering to know like all you have to, all you have to do. You just have to, you know, just make sure that one of your best races is, that one particular day in June and just, just like go out and crush it. And I'm sure that 0.08 seconds and 0.48 seconds are, are seared into your brain. And something tells me you're going to not let that happen again, which I think is super cool, but also just, man, that's gotta be, Ooh, that, that, I mean, that gives me chills and we're still like a year away from that happening. I can only imagine how you feel about it. Yeah. It's cool. Like sometimes I'm in the middle of practice and I'm like, getting close to the end of the race and I'm like, speed up the tempo, speed up the tempo. Like you gotta get to the wall. Like, so, I mean, it like, it ingrains in you, like uh-huh. the things that you would have wished you would have done in the race or wish would have happened. Like, mm-hmm. and it, then you, it shows up in your training. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. So I think that's also like a cool thing. That is awesome. Um, congratulations. I think that's great. All right. So we got that out of the way. A couple more questions. Um, one thing that I know is, is super important to you. Um, body image modeling. Am I saying that correctly? Um, you know that, yeah, no. Okay. You say it. So that way I don't have to sound like an idiot. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. So basically for me, like I was telling you growing up, I was mm-hmm. super like self-conscious about my body, all that stuff. And like you flip a mag flip to a magazine and it's like 
no one looks like how you do, you know, mm-hmm. like no one looks like that. And being a young woman and athletic, not that many like women that are celebrated for being beautiful, like look like you. And I think it's what I want to do. And what I think is super important for the younger generations is to put more athletes, like actual athletes on covers and enter that, enter that body type, quote unquote, more into the modeling world because muscles on females aren't really celebrated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really seen as an attractive feature, all this stuff. It's seen as like too masculine, too intimidating, all this stuff. And it's like young girls who want to excel at sports, you know, you have to be kind of muscular, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. your body is like your temple of why you're so good at that sport. And it's your like, it's everything. Your body is everything for why you're good at your sport along with the mental game. But Mm -hmm. and for that to feel like it's not beautiful, because you want to be good at a sport is really hard, I feel like. And it's something I struggled with a lot growing up. And I want to make sure and talking to girls and like, when I go to the young clinics, seeing girls who are like, super self conscious about their body and be like, how did you do it? Like all this stuff, like I have muscles and like, boys don't like me because of my muscles and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, what? well, boys stink when they're young, you know, boys yeah, just all the time. <laughs> but I think for me, it's like putting more of that athletic figure on magazine. So when little girls open it, be like, mom, dad, like she looks like me, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learning that that's beautiful as well. And, and that's just like, I think it's something invaluable seeing someone who looks like you and feeling that you are also beautiful instead of seeing someone who is, I mean, yes, they're beautiful, gorgeous, yeah. super skinny, all of that stuff. But it's like, you know, like you can be beautiful and achieve amazing things at your sport and you deserve to be celebrated as well. Like you deserve to be looked at and seen as beautiful, but also seen as a strong athlete. You know, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. They can, you, they can definitely coincide. Mm-hmm. It's not an, or it can be an, and absolutely. Can right. Be an and uh, I think that's awesome. So what have you been doing specifically um, to really try and just, just push I don't know if push this narrative sounds a little too negative, but like, what have you been doing to like, make sure that, that you're getting your voice out there and letting a little girls know, which sounds like you've been doing that a little bit, but then also uh, going to these magazines and trying to, you know, convince some of the people that may be stuck in their ways because they've been doing this for so long or they don't want to rock the boat. Like how have you been kind of trying to change minds uh, along the way? Right. So with my agent, Christine and I, we, I think we've taken the approach of we've, definitely had more of a social media approach right now. Mm -hmm. And like in my postings, being sure to like, especially ones where like say I'm in a bikini or like less clothing, be like, you know what? Like I was super self-conscious and now like I'm learning to celebrate my body. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. I have muscles. And like, that's what makes me good at my sport. That doesn't mean I'm not beautiful. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that. And also, like I said, when going to these clinics, talking to these little girls and saying like, you are beautiful, be confident in yourself. Like if someone tells you, something stupid like just let it roll off like no have enough confidence within yourself to know that you are beautiful and listen to the good things I feel like a lot of us when we're growing up just stick to that one negative thing someone said but listen to like the 10 good things someone's saying and then for magazines right now it's like we're not like really all the way there but we're working with like kind of smaller brands on Instagram and that stuff and hopefully magazines one day um that's also part of why being an olympian would help so much you know like get more of that out there and like my i growing up it's kind of like a pipe dream but my pipe dream was always being like the first olympian to ever walk a victoria's secret fashion show like totally and you never thought those things could coincide ever Mm -hmm. like no one's ever i feel like even been like that girl like she's way too muscular to ever go on that show but for me like that like i want to bring stuff 
Like I want to bring like my body, my muscles to that platform and be like, you know what girls, like go do your pull-ups, like all that stuff and go like go swim, go be the best at your sport. And also like feel confident enough to like walk with these models and all that stuff. And uh, like, that's my dream. And mm-hmm. so I think just like doing stuff, like moving forward, like I wish I could be like, I've been on a cover of a magazine and talked about it yet, but that's hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it will. And um, I just want to keep at least making the small steps towards it mm-hmm. for hopefully a bigger one to come in the future. I love it. So we got um, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. We got that Sports Illustrated cover. I mean, that's that's probably that gonna, yeah, that's the, dream. that's the pinnacle. Uh, and then you got the ESPN body issue. That one's always fun too. Everyone loves mm-hmm. that. I hear the shoots They're are a lot awesome. of fun, but then everyone always loves to look at all the pictures too. Um, so you know, I think that hey, there's three that we can lay out. I mean, I'm assuming you have your post-it notes um, somewhere around mm-hmm. just like, hey, got this, we'll get there. So I think that that's super cool. And it, it's great um, from a confidence standpoint, it's obviously extremely important. And I totally agree with you. Like everybody's got their own cup of tea. It is what it is. I'm not here to tell you what's right or what's wrong. But at the same time, I mean, if that's the way you feel, I totally agree with you. Like go out there and do it, man. I mean, half the thing about modeling I think is confidence um like that's right. half of it. it's a mental game right like if you look like you don't want to be there you look like you don't want to be there it's very it's like quite quite clear right. um so I think that that's awesome that you're doing that and I mean why not right what's the worst that can yeah. happen you have a really fun time and get some cool clothes like oh geez anything but that but yeah. no I think it's great and you're really helping uh you know just little girls I'm sure little boys as well just getting a good understanding of mm-hmm. like hey like this is not only okay it's the right thing to do like you're you're an extremely powerful woman. You're very attractive. What's wrong with combining the two of those things and, and, and rocking it? It's not an or, it's absolutely an answer. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. So good stuff, Amy. I love that. That's awesome. Um, and then the last question I have for you is what's after? So, I mean, if you, I assume if you make the Olympic Games, you're not going to be like, all right, well, that was fun. Like, I'm going to stop swimming now. Like, something tells me, even if you don't, I wouldn't, I'm not even going to say that out loud, but something tells me 2024, no matter what, is still in the picture, no matter what. But what, um, eventually, it won't be in the picture. Um, but then again, I mean, we can think of Dana Vollmer, we can think of, um, uh, Laura Wilkinson, uh, you know, she's trying for her fourth games since 2000. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly there's an opportunity to continue to keep yeah. doing whatever you want to do, but is there an after game? You know, obviously as we know, athletes, they do, their careers come to an end a little earlier, unfortunately. So what do you have any sights set after, uh, you're, you're finished competitively swimming at the highest possible level to maybe as we said before, kind of go be a you know, quote unquote normal person. Yeah. Um, it's like the daunting after, you know, like it's, yeah, it's crazy that's the, to that's think about be the it. worst part, honestly, Ugh, getting that yeah. 95. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's weird because I, I've seen the people who graduate and stop swimming, go move on and do all that stuff. And I've seen people who keep swimming and it's like, Oh gosh, like I, I'm both of those people, you know, I am keep, I'm still swimming. And, but I eventually, like you said, like it just, your time runs out and you have to move on. And, um, for me right now where I'm at, I think I'm, I've been like kind of toying with the idea of law school possibly, mm-hmm. and also grad school and like going more into the marketing media advertising realm and, and then hopefully getting a job. But, um, yeah, so I think regardless, possibly more schools on the table, but at the same time, I think once I'm done swimming, I have this, like, I just really want to live in Colorado for some reason. Like I okay. want to go out there and I want to live there and hopefully get a, like a cool job that I love out there. And I definitely want to 
be in sports in some aspect, whether that's working for a company in their advertising department and helping bring those models to the cover. Like, so I can keep that, like keep that passion Mm -hmm, alive. mm -hmm. Or if it's working, I was thinking about like broadcast journalism for a little bit. I don't know about that anymore, but working with like a professional team, whether that's NFL or NBA and definitely working with like the marketing or the outreach program, bringing kids in and all that stuff. I just, for me, I think sports is so much more than just like, the athletic ability mm-hmm, of sports mm-hmm. it, it's teaching life lessons it's helping people achieve more than they ever could it's opening up more doors it's all that stuff it's gaining confidence in yourself it, and um, for me that's just what I want to be around I think my entire life I think that um, demonstrates excellence and I've always been drawn um, to that side of sports I love it I couldn't agree more um, I was at a conference earlier this week or I guess uh, middle last week in New York and it was just the atmosphere the emotion the the attitude was infectious just with all the people uh, at this conference and how how they realize like some of these companies that you hear about what they're doing for athletes what they're doing for the leagues what they're doing for the kids that come to see these pretty much all the things that you touched upon is just incredible seeing what they're capable of and what they're they're trying to do um was just so much fun and getting to see that and being a part of it even um i'm really really grateful for the opportunity so you know hopefully we keep doing what we're doing amy Rock and roll. Awesome. Uh, Well, Amy, thank you so much. A little longer than we expected, but this was absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate you giving me a little um, and letting everyone here learn a little bit more about your story. So hopefully somebody out there, everybody out there learns something new um, because this was absolutely fantastic, very in-depth. So Amy Bilquist, USA Swimming, Olympic hopeful for 2020 in Tokyo. Let's all turn our TVs on when she's on in a race and and rock and roll. Amy, sincerely, sincerely, thank you so much. We really appreciate it today. Thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Amy Bilquist. As I said, just such a cool person all around. She's doing so many things from swimming, obviously, just got out of school, is now a a model for, um, you know, changing the world, which I think is awesome. I'm always interested in people that are doing something to change the world. And Amy's obviously doing that through her modeling, but also through her swimming, which I think is really, really important. So make sure to check out Amy on her social medias. Everything will be in the show notes. Make sure to follow us as well. If you don't mind, all of it is in the show notes. Please, please, please rate this show five stars. So that way more people can hear these amazing stories from these amazing athletes, because I think that's more more and more necessary every day. And only coming up to about a year away, less than well, less than a year away from the Olympics now, why not learn about these athletes who are going to be watching potentially in the games? I think it's super important. So if you don't mind, email me, michael at ourathletes.us. If you have a request or if you know an athlete that you'd like to get on the show, I'm always interested in that. And other than that, please and thank you. Have have it and make it a wonderful 